Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. He's Chris. He's Danny. And we are the Plotheads. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, TV, and everything pop culture. And this week, I need to bid you all mellow greetings as we discuss Demolition Man. Demolition Man! What a movie. What is your boggle? What is <laughs> your boggle, sir? Um, <laughs> do you know what? Well, I, I, I want to just say something real quick about, about this movie. Something I noticed <laughs> when I was... And I was checking it out uh, when I was rechecking it. Out, I should say. I mean, I've seen this before plenty of times, oh, but not for point? years, not for years. And then I rewatched it <laughs> thanks to the shout out that was given by Julio. Um, but this movie came out in a glorious year. I have to say, 1993. What a year! Oh, what why was that year. such a good year, Chris? I'll tell you why that was such a good year. The top movie that year was Jurassic Park, a wonderful movie. But also, there was a glorious human being born that year. Uh, me? Who? Oh, no way! <laughs> yeah, 1993. I always think that's a good year for stuff to come out. And a demolition. <laughs> no, I joke. I joke. No, I joke. I, I jest. I jest. I jest. What a movie! What do you mean by that? <laughs> like, I love what a, str- it. what a strange movie. I just no, want to say no. No, actually, I don't think so at all. You don't think you, it's strange? You think it's strange? No, yeah, I think it's a bit weird, but it's really. I think, co- it's cool. I actually think it's it was a film way ahead of its time. Uh, yeah, I, I it's that, strange watching it's, this movie. Yeah, after the last year and a half, there's lots of things in it, isn't there? Like loads it, of things. Yeah, there's there's lots of like very relevant things, topical yeah. things, um, which will come up when as we're getting into like the lore and stuff. Yeah, um, of the movie. What 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 about it was some, the most strange for you after the last year and a half? I think it was the glaring things to me were the over censorship. Yeah. And the lack of any human physical contact, even to the extent of not shaking hands or even high five. Yeah. Yeah. That to me was like, and even just seeing the ways that they would come, like, you know, they would do that thing where the hands get close and they just kind of wave and they do a little wave around. I, it's I, like, I've I seen that, people do that during COVID. I was like, why wasn't that? Why are we el- Why are we touching elbows? Yeah, why aren't we doing that? When we aren't doing the greeting from Demolition Man. That's a much better way. <laughs> it is, but it's also strange because it's like, um, yeah, it's like too much, isn't it? It's, it's too much all the time. It's also quite strange. I, I think this kind of film as well, because this is... I, when you talk about the last year and a half, two years, you have to talk about the BLM movement as well. Uh, and just mm-hmm. like the violence in the police in, in America. And yep. what's quite interesting about this is that oh, I don't know if it'll get made today because it's quite like, let's give our police more weapons, more, more weapons, and <laughs> let them be more violent because yeah, I get what you're saying. the ends justify the means. That's funny. I never even thought of that, which yes. is really interesting. Um, and I'm sure I don't think that's what they were intending when they made this film. I think it was very much like, let's. If there's any kind of utopia in the future, always has like an underground kind of, we got here by giving up our freedoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was just trying to replicate that. I don't. I don't think it was. 
I, I, I don't really know, but I, I don't think in the early 90s, everybody just loved action movies. And this was just about a lone action man doing his thing. Um, but watching yeah. it now with that, with that context of, you know, people talking about demilitarizing the police in the States, uh, defunding the police in the States, mm-hmm. you've got all the COVID kind of the lack of touching and the censorship that's currently happening in society. I suppose there's a yeah. tremendous amount of censorship happening now. It, there's the censorship actually, was a big one for me. Yeah. 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 And like I, I one of my favorite scenes in the, in the movie spoilers, of course, guys check out demolition man as always um but one of my favorite scenes in the movie is uh like you know the way every time someone curses and not even like harsh curses like even just the word damn and they get <laughs> they get a fine that comes out and he doesn't know how to use the seashells in the toilet or whatever yeah. and all kind of laughed about him so he goes over he curses <laughs> loads to get a, a bucket load of fines and decides he's gonna wipe his ass with them and it, it does two things one it's him thinking about you know the old ways of getting stuff done yeah but the other thing it does is it's showing his attitude towards these new rules it's like i'm yeah, gonna yeah. wipe my ass with your new rules it, it's a, yeah literally in fact literally <laughs> and i think it's a really good scene because i do not want to live in a world where that becomes a reality Absolutely. i would hate that i don't think anybody wants to live in that world really no, right you know on, I, I i think that of course this is getting quite heavy for the start of a little podcast about films, especially a podcast especially about demolition, demolition man. man. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think one of the big things that happens at the moment is you've got um, media that is spouting nonsense from both sides that mm. are saying things like, "Oh, people want to um, censor Santa," saying "Ho, ho, ho." And then you have a bunch of people getting really angry at the thought that anybody would ever want to censor something so innocent. Nobody yep. gives a crap about that. No, nobody cares. There isn't anybody out there who actually wants to censor Santa saying ho, ho, ho? No. Is, I don't certainly don't think there is. It's just a way for the media to build up hatred. Get a rise. The opposing political side and the opposing like societal um, factions. Um yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things. And with Facebook, you know, we live in a hole of we see what we want to see. We see the, proof the echo chamber, right? And echo like, chamber. Articles designed to get clicks and it doesn't even matter if like, they don't care if you don't like their article. No, you're still reading it. You've and that's, clicked that's on it. All, that's and all your they click need. has given them money being supported by ads. And that's all yeah. they're doing. And even if you share it then to say, look at this article, it's so stupid. Look how wrong this person just is. It gets more and more You've attention. just shared their article for them. Yeah. You've, d- you've done them a favor. So if you genuinely <laughs> don't like what you see, keep Ignore scrolling. It. Yeah. Ignore it. That's the greatest thing you can do. Anyway, that's... <laughs> now, in saying that, I am I am a click... A fucker for... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Uh, who died now? Oh no! Oh, wait, what? I'll never guess what happens next. You're right. <laughs> Three ways to lose weight. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the very serious topics about demolition. No, do you know what? I do think um, on my rewatch of this movie, I hadn't watched it in years. I hadn't watched it in years. Like I just, like I watched this as a kid. I was on TV quite a bunch when I was growing up, and it was just one of those cool action movies that I I put in that lot. Which um, you know, there was a whole bunch of them. And actually, I, I kind of thought of it as similar movie as like Total Recall kind of a thing. This kind of sci-fi action movie of the 90s. Um, and it's got Stallone in it. I love Stallone from Rambo. Stallone uh, is amazing. Rambo, Rocky. Yeah. So 
but I hadn't watched it in years and only revisited it thanks to the the, the suggestion of, of us covering it. Yeah. Um. And so I've come at it with with fresh, fresh uh, insights. Fresh Very different to the, the the young boy who just enjoyed an action movie, and now I was like, uh, I p- prefer the concept of the movie than the execution of the movie. And there are some things that I wish were done differently, but ultimately I had fun watching it. Wow. Okay. And we'll get to get into all that. Oh, we will get to get into that. I, mm. I, th- I think. Okay, it is what it is, but I think it for what it is, it's damn near perfect. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I think this is was a film way ahead of its time. I think this, in terms of storyline, plot, uh, characters, is is very close to a modern day Marvel movie. Wow! When yeah, you, when you look at how it, yeah. it all starts, how it all happens, the the jovial kind of the laughing, the kind of little quirks to it, the main characters, I think it's got a lot going for it, and I think it's an actually it's an extremely underrated movie for what it is. Wow, that's what I, yeah, yeah, and that's it was fucking, that's interesting. I know it was absolutely slated when it came yeah. in, critically, yeah. I believe so, but I think it did really well. I think people loved it. People were like, This is fun, this is silly nonsense, and it's fun. I think it did as well as most action movies. We grew up, people love action movies, but critics yeah. do not. <laughs> that's the thing. Most action movies get critically slated, but they still go down in history as cult classics, you know what I mean? Like, people still get the posters. Um, there are exceptions to the rule, of course. Like I think Die Hard is one that was, you know, critically, you know, well received, as well yeah, as being well, a great action movie. And, but that's, and that's a phenomenal movie, and one we'll certainly cover in the future. I think Christmas is a perfect time. Yeah, but, I think it's a perfect time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I when rewatching this, I wasn't coming out like, I wonder what the critics have to say about this. Yeah, I was okay. just like, ah, right, it's Demolition Man. Let's have some fun. Let's watch the movie, and then see. see and, but it was interesting to me watching it in this time in this in the past year and a half yeah. everything that's happened it was really interesting um, it's, it's funny how it's set in the future mm. um but has filmed in the past mm-hmm. but has so many relative rel- it, it's so well related yeah yeah, yeah. to yeah. our present it's relevant still even yeah to, like you know it, in that it's it is mad and you say still maybe if you had to watch this three years ago you would go this isn't relevant at all now um, yeah it is mad that some of the stuff has has kind of creeped up and but in the last year two years there's some topics that are approached to this movie that yeah, yeah. are just you even have people who are fighting for their freedom and their rights and are mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice their life for that yeah and we have that throughout the world at the moment in numerous different ways for a very light-hearted fun film it yeah, actually yeah, yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff in there could this be really... our most political episode <laughs> uh, Demolition this, Man. This, nobody would have seen that coming the demolition Did they? Man. you're all guys you wanted fun <laughs> it's time to get serious <laughs> we need to demolish society as we know <laughs> okay on that note the plot method we have a jingle! Hey! <laughs> Finally, Chris. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, the 
the plot method is the method that myself and Chris have come up with that allows us to kind of stick to a linear track as we discuss films because otherwise we go off down some random, random way. And we will do that anyway, but we always try to come back to the plot method Hmm. where the P stands for people, the L stands for lore, the O stands for orchestration, and the T stands for tech. So without further ado, the people of Demolition Man, Chris. Mm. We should start with Sylvester Stallone, right? Of course, because this is the 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 leading man, the demolition man is John him. Spartan. What a name. I love that um there was a certain time period where every action hero John was John Spartan. John something, right? It was either John McClane, John, John McClane, Rambo, John, John Spartan. Rambo? <laughs> oh my God. They're always John. <laughs> but good, I love it. Solid name. Good yeah, manly like, name. You had to have John because it was like the generic everyday name, and then you needed some badass surname that made you sound and john spartan what a name um stallone wasn't the first choice for this movie oh so i've heard so i've heard i didn't know if that was true or not though so who i've heard apparently van damme and seagal yeah both approached um to do this movie yeah um and one, and I, I don't think it was even specified which one should be the villain. They just liked the idea of the two of them fighting, but neither of them wanted to play the villain. What, so what? Well, yeah, what I had heard was that Van Damme was approached to be the villain, um, and Sakal right. was going to be the hero, but Van Damme refused to play the villain. Yeah, and uh, Sakal wouldn't um, wouldn't over. He was like, "There's no way I'm playing the villain." So then, before you knew it, the both of them were out. Yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, interestingly. Um, Jackie Chan, I well, believe, was suggested think, to play the villain. Well, I think Jackie Chan came on board because he's really good friends with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and I think Stallone um, was like, I'd like to work uh, yeah. opposite Jackie Chan. Yeah. And plus, you know, he was meant to be the, like uh, Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix is supposed to be like a martial artist. He's a martial arts genius, right? So actually... Yeah getting someone like Jackie Chan in isn't a terrible idea, but apparently again, he turned it down because at the time he was always the protagonist in films. Yeah. And he felt that actually it wouldn't be very good for his image if he was the antagonist. Particularly, I believe in, in Chinese cinema. Apparently. Yeah. I, th- yeah. Th- that's what I've read. But, um, and then, you know, they fell on Wesley Snipes. Who for me steals the show. Absolutely. Perfect. I love Wesley Snipes in this movie. He's so different to, Simon like, I mean, Phoenix. I've seen him in plenty of movies, but I always think of Blade, and he's so different to Blade in this what movie. What range of acting Wesley Snipes actually has, right? Like, when you think Blade... Yeah, and I think he gets like, overlooked, right? He says a handful of words in Blade, and he's always serious yeah. and, like, cool. cool and stoic. And then in this, he is a maniac. As he's having they, a bunch know. of fun, isn't he? How do I approach the maniac? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as, yeah, yeah, we're getting the advice. But like, not only is he a maniac, and you could tell Wesley's having a bunch of fun with it. I reckon oh, some of the so stuff much. is improvised as well. Um, oh, definitely. So th- this is full of one-liners. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. per per minute, this must be one of the most one-liner packed, like action one-liner packed movies ever. There's a whole every, lot. Every sentence that comes out of John Spartan's mouth or Simon Phoenix's mouth is a one-liner of some sort. Some of them are awful. Yeah, and some of them are... Um, I noticed that, actually, which is probably something I never noticed when I was younger. Maybe it just went over my head or whatever, but Simon Phoenix is so racist. 
as a character. He is. Yeah, he yeah, keeps he like is. anytime he notices anyone of a slightly different culture, he actually yeah. makes fun of them. He makes a, fun of that culture. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the museum, I think he does it to to a crowd of yeah. Asian. Um, it's awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in saying that, that's not like as if the movie is trying to be racist. Like that. No, it's just a bad the character. character is a psychopath. Yeah, he's yeah. a psychopath. An actual he does psychopath. bad shit. Yeah. Um, at moments, re-watching this, I was like, Wesley Snipes would have made an amazing Joker. Oh, right. Just even the way he was going on. Just the way he was going on. His yeah. laugh. His laugh's really good. Uh, he, how he was like serious one moment and then he turns around he's quite jokey and jovial the next moment. You don't know uh, what to make of him. And I and actually even Sylvester Stallone, I'm calling it Sly Stallone as Batman and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> and Wesley Snipes as the Joker. <laughs> I, I cannot travel this whole journey. I'm the Batman. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, no, I can't go on that road at you. <laughs> Unless oh. it is a, a piss takey a deliberately cheesy action version of it, then yeah, I could go with you then. But you gotta give you gotta give me though. Young Wesley Snipes is a Joker. Wouldn't have been a bad shit. No, no, not a bad shit at all. No, Wesley Snipes is was great, fucking <sighs> great. And actually, they like he did obviously, I believe most of, if not all, of his own um, fighting in the movie, and was told to slow down. He's told to slow down. Right. What the I, fuck? This is one of those things. I don't know if this is true, right? Because this is one of those things that they say about all those serious martial artists who are yeah. actual actual actors. So like Wesley Snipes is a black belt uh, in Taekwondo, I think. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, um, I believe and so. And maybe even something else. And Aikido, then, is it? Aikido, no, Aikido is Steven Seagal. Although maybe so is Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, I could be mixing up with Steven. Um, but Stephen, as if I know him, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Steve, Stevie, man. No, Steve that's not Wes. Wes. Wes is not keto, man. You know, he's. You know. Uh, but you know, I, I've heard this rumor numerous times about Bruce Lee that they ha- he moved so quickly that the framing of the camera didn't actually catch him doing a movement. Yeah, but I've heard apparently the same thing happened with Wesley Snipes. He was moving so quickly they needed to ask him to slow it down, which is why actually some of his punches and kicks look a bit janky because yeah he slowed them down too yeah. much i suppose at times yeah to try and make sure you catch up i yeah. actually i've i know you, you hear it a lot of martial arts movies and sometimes you do wonder is that just them talking up the martial artist i believe it because i want it no because <laughs> no but do you ever see like magicians do tricks and it's reliant yeah. on the fact that the camera can't pick up how yeah. fast a person is going so I believe it that with the quick motions that the camera actually isn't clearly picking up exactly. Okay, let's go with it. Let's go. Let's go with it. Let's say Wesley Snipes was too fucking fast. Too fast. Too fast, too furious. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately awesome. What a name as well. That's another one. Like John Spartan and Simon Phoenix. And Simon Phoenix. And then Phoenix of course, rises from the ashes. We have Lenina Huxley. Oh, who... played by Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Like, what a powerhouse she was in the 90s i love sandra bullock uh, people don't believe me when i say i love miss congeniality it's the it's such a good movie it's right? a great movie it's so, and <laughs> people benjamin, think i only like fucking like superhero movies or something it's like no i like I, movies I, get that all man. I like movies uh, yeah and actually benjamin bratt is in this as well who is yeah. also he plays one of the, the that's FBI, right uh, who yeah, yeah. In love with the miss congeniality yeah. uh yeah i was like oh yeah those two again and isn't there uh no, sorry, I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of someone else. But also I really like the um the chief character. Um uh Chief George Earl. 
Yeah, it was. Of uh, course, he plays the warden in in, in Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, and he's he's such he's a great. heel, right? Like he's such he's so good at playing people that you don't you don't want to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like the chief in this is the headmaster, the chief, the warden. Yeah, the warden. Like, he's perfect as that. Dude. He's that the perfect man. character actor. Yeah, yeah the man. Stick and it to when the I man. say the man, I mean the man is in the system. You remember School of Rock, and they talk about the man. And stick the, it to the maniosis. Stick it to the maniosis. Speaking of School of Rock. Speaking of Jack Black. <laughs> Jack Black is in this movie. Yeah, did you notice that? No, no. <laughs> I read it and went, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice it either. I watched the movie, right? And actually, just because we were just talking about um. What's the name of the actor who actually plays the the chief? Uh, Bob Gunton. Bob Gunton. I was trying. I see. I forgot it again. I was trying to look up his name because right. I was like, I know that actor. I've seen him in loads of shit, and I can never remember his name. So I looked up the cast because I was actually looking for his name. And as I was scrolling along, I saw Jack Black, and I was like, Wait, I don't what? I just watched the movie. I didn't see fucking Jack Black, yeah. and then saw the screenshots, and I was like, I did see Jack Black. I just didn't know it was Jack Black. He's a scrapper. <laughs> Yeah, he's beside the uh, the guy, uh, Mister Friendly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Edgar, Edgar Friendly. Friendly. Isn't there uh, a meme he's right beside him around in that head of yours? Friendly, Edgar Friendly. Uh, <laughs> oh, such a good movie. I uh, feel like that should have been a twist, though. It's too. It's right there, isn't it? So what? You know what I mean? I, no, I. I feel like oh. it would have made a great twist. What twist? What's your twist? The twist. Well, this being movie that, doesn't need a twist. Yeah, it would have been a nice twist. This doesn't need a twist. It would have been. A What's nice your twist? twist? What's your twist then? The twist being that Simon was released on purpose to kill this guy. I feel like that shouldn't have been revealed in that moment. Okay, I get you. Get you know, what I'm saying? That you string that on a little bit longer. String it on a little bit so that that guy, you know, like ultimately, of course, you don't trust him, but. Just yeah. that, like, he's playing it up a little bit more and it's not so, like, I am the villain. Remember when I released you? Remember when I told you this? And you're like, really? Come on, man. Like, you're in public. You're right in public. Yeah. Like, I, you, you know you what? Be... That, that's fair enough. Because actually, this film, the pacing of this film dips a little bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, kind of after that happens and when they start really searching for Simon Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe had they pushed that a little bit longer that twist would have kind of gone boom oh we're back in the game rather than you're, you're probably got a point there plus it's nice to have i think in any kind of cop drama that element of mystery mm. and there's none of it because they they're pretty they're like outright telling you exactly what's going on you know and they're not even playing up the fact that maybe the guys underground are actually the bad guys you're you know from the get-go that they're they're not the bad it, that, guys you're so right <laughs> but that literally did, never bothered me okay, I, I don't okay, know okay. i don't yeah like I see where you're coming from. There is another, mm. like, if there is another version of this film there where the they're actually for a lot longer. You don't trust the the scrappers, and you actually think they're evil. And then it's not until after a bit of detective work that John Spartan finds out, oh, these guys we are, have it all wrong. When this doesn't add up, so now I need mm. to investigate this a bit further, and I find out, oh, for, uh, Cocteau, which is a ridiculous name, Cocteau released Phoenix. And yeah, 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 okay. There's another, but that's a detective movie. I get you. And this is this a demolition is, man. This movie. is it's called the demolition man, Chris. <laughs> what were you expecting, Chris? Let him what demolish. This is not a noir. This is not a fucking noir. Uh, but speaking of Cocteau, 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 bastard. Did you like him? He's brilliant. I think he's like, I think he's brilliant in it. Yeah, yeah. He's a little bit too much of a bad guy caricature. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again. 
I'm with you. This this is basically a live action anime or a live action like kind of you yeah. Know, it has an element character. of in terms of the way people are dressing in this future. There's an element of like ghost in the shell or something like that. Uh, yeah, because it's quite it's quite like influenced by Asian heritage or Asian even culture. um like I reckon Blade Runner in terms of style was actually an, an influence on this movie. Um, probably in in a sense, yeah. 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 I know the. Supposedly, a big influence on this is a book called uh, "Brave New World" by oh, author named Aldous Huxley. Um, is that why Sandra Bullock's character is named yeah, Huxley? That, That's maybe. really cool. So she might be called Huxley because of that. Yeah. Um, there's also a character in that, if I'm right, called John the Savage, and there's a couple of times where they call John Spartan a savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they refer to him as then, like a caveman and a Neanderthal. I'm like, guys, it's only been 40 years. <laughs> it's only calm down. <laughs> like, Jesus, like you were young when this happened. Are you yeah, kidding me? Like, you should remember this shit. Yeah, yeah. I'll get into that in the lore. That, uh, <laughs> really bothered me. <laughs> um, and then there's also that scene where when they're like in the when they're in the museum mm. and Phoenix shoots the floor out and they fall down into that area of like like the remainder of Los, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. fighting. Um, he says, great scene what, as well. what a brave new world this is. So he, uh, there's like lots of little hints and tips. Oh, and okay. Also set in a utopia where kind of people have given up their free will. So I think it, it took a lot of inspiration from that as well. That makes a lot of sense. And I think actually the Huxley thing can't be a coincidence then if it is. No, I, I even think there might that. be a character called Lenine in Brave New World. And her name oh. is Lenina Huxley. So... Okay, okay. I also yeah. love... Makes a bunch of sense. I also love how they say everyone's full name all the time in this movie. I don't yeah, know yeah, it's like that. they're super polite. Yeah. Hello, Lenina Huxley. How are you today? Yeah. Mellow Do greetings. You like the, what's, what's the name of the assistant who works for uh, Cocteau? The... Uh, Associate Bob? Yeah, he's so weird. I, he's I actually, the best. I, I, no, I love it. I love that character because he's so strange. He is so bizarre and he's kind of... I think he best embodies what's sort of wrong with that society. Yeah. It like, actually, just like... There's no humanity there. Yeah. He's just like a walking robot. He might as well be a robot. There's not expressing... And like, literally, as soon as Cocteau is killed, he's like, what can I do for you? Like, yeah. he is no... He's just a snake in the grass, really, isn't Exactly. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hiding under this, like, smile and gel. It's like... <laughs> he's a really slimy character, actually. Really slimy, and then the the only kind of other person I think that really we should touch on is Dennis Leary as Edgar Friendly. Um, mm. Dennis yeah. Leary was obviously was a huge stand up comedian at the time. Um, yeah, strange role. Yeah, really but interesting. Role. Like he doesn't do a bad job or anything. I think he does a really good job. I, he he's done a lot of acting. To be fair, yeah. he was in that. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a TV series about a fire station. Oh, I think I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know the name either. I can't remember the name. But he, you know, he's he's acted quite a bit, and yeah. he, I think he's quite natural. Oh yeah, no, there's not, like he doesn't stand out. Like, he doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. Like, oh, you're clearly a comedian or something like that. Yeah. Like he actually's he's pretty natural in the role, and he has some great lines. I think about like in terms of I would rather die in the gutter than live up in the you know. So apparently, all that was actually like they had when they ri- ri- had written that character he wasn't as ranty and then they obviously cast Dennis Leary and they were like he's famous for doing comedic rants alright let's, let's just write he rants here in the script and let, um, him, let him do it just let, let him do it so it. apparently I, that was it was probably improvised and like made organically but 
probably took a couple of, couple of takes. Um, but yeah, apparently that was all mostly his own doing there. He kind of came up with it and he just did a little rant. And comedians, it's a good rant. Comedians have great insights into the world around them, I think. Or at least they can. At least, uh, they, or at least they appear to. They appear to. In the yeah. moment, you're like, yeah, you're a genius. You're so right, man. And then you get out and you <laughs> go, right. hold on a Wait second. A Some I of what he said was problematic. <laughs> like that. that doesn't make any sense. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Uh, Wait, he was joking. <laughs> problematic. Yeah. Let's move on to the lore. Oh, yeah. Because there's a couple of, like, continuity problems with this movie. And a couple of, like... That just doesn't really, really make sense, does it? I think my biggest issue is I don't think they're far enough into the future. So they're in 2032. Yeah, it's, it's which not is necessarily... Which is 11 years away from now. Which Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even necessarily that um, they... That, like, in that space of time, because, like, technology changes so fast. Society changes so fast. Like, yeah. I can't remember not having a mobile phone. Well, I can't remember it. But what I'm saying is it seems like we've had one forever. But if you look yeah. back, it's like we haven't had it that long. And just it's changing all the time. And the way we communicate with each other is changing all the time. The way we greet each other, talk to each other is changing all the time. So it's not inconceivable. What is inconceivable to me is the way older people in the movie who would have been around during the 90s talk about this <laughs> savage brutish human as if he's a neanderthal and they don't understand his ways as if they were never around for it yeah it's I not think... far enough to talk that, like that yeah well it was a 40 years so i'm so the chief i suppose was at most 10 when... right but i i but it is possible I'm going to defend the movie here. It is possible, right? Yeah. The the chief, let's call the chief who was 10, maybe even late teens. Let's say he was even nearly 20. Like if you grew up in a time where everybody was killing everyone, places were getting destroyed, people were dying left, right and center. They yeah. talk an awful lot about sexual diseases that are wiping out, um, yeah. wiping out the planet. And all of that stopped. You might actually look back on your own time and go, Wow, we were savages. I get what you're saying, but I do think that it would have benefited the overall experience if because uh, Spartan was supposed to be in ice for up to 70 years. Yeah. I think they could have gone that bit further and it wouldn't have really changed the plot, yeah. but it just would have made it seem like because they talk, it's not just those characters. Other characters talk about the contraband and stuff in Huxley's office as if it's ancient history. Like they've never put on a movie that's only 40 years old. Like we're talking about movies that are fucking forty years old all the time. Like, it's, yeah, that's a fair it's point. Weird to me. Well, they also that... kind of, again, they also kind of talk about like how the world almost collapsed in on itself, and how there was that massive, the big one of twenty ten. You know, like they talk about that massive the earthquake or something. Earthquake. Like so maybe like society collapsed and then was rebuilt, and maybe that's why they look at it. Yeah, possibly. I suppose the, another. Well, you're you're not wrong. You know, they yeah, can yeah. push the burner down. No, but actually, now that you're you're pushing this point towards me. I'm thinking about um, you know, these kind of movies, these utopian uh, future movies. Um, they can op- you can often draw comparisons with, and I don't want to get too serious, but you can draw comparisons with fascism. Yeah. Right. And if you do think about how quickly things changed in Germany, actually. Yeah. During the early 1940s, 
um, how quickly certain books became contraband and everyone, not everyone, sorry, a, a, a huge um, percentage percentage of the population did go along with it. And yeah. then we're talking about their neighbors a different way suddenly. Yeah. When you think about that, um, like things do change quickly. So I, I suppose I can argue for and against. Uh, and Boom, that's and all maybe, I wanted. And maybe, that's, <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's, you know. But, that is all I, I, I wanted say, maybe, to make you unsure. <laughs> maybe that's what the movie's aiming for is about saying i was like no it's fucking not it's aiming no, for fucking demolition the movie doesn't, man. Yeah, the movie doesn't <laughs> give a shit about that no it doesn't give a fuck yeah. <laughs> one thing that i one thing that kind of annoys me and i think it's because it might it was kind of thrown in sort of last minute apparently so the start of the movie is a scene where you're in los angeles and the place is falling apart burning mm. buildings you can tell it's not just um, Phoenix is doing it's like the whole city is falling apart chaos, um, chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Demolition Man goes in and you get the whole like is it cold in here or is it just me and then he's like <laughs> brilliant um, yeah, fantastic but then there's you have this massive explosion from the C4 that blows up which would never have blown up because of fire by the way um, <laughs> <laughs> it would have need to have been detonated but anyway um, this movie's not concerned with <laughs> no but here's so and then you know Spartan comes out with Phoenix in hand yeah rests him and then Simon Phoenix is the whole they were alive and he said he didn't care uh, you know, and you know, he killed those people, he killed those people, and that's why Spartan gets put into cryo freeze. Mm-hmm. That's just ridiculous because they were dead before Spartan even went in, right? Were they? Yeah, because he never found them, did he? He didn't know they no, were there. No, he assumed then that they, they weren't in the building. They, yeah, they did thermal scans, they saw um... no bodies, so he went, he didn't see like large amounts of bodies, so he went yeah. in, found Phoenix and a couple of others, took them down. And then Phoenix is like, they were all there screaming for help and he let them burn to death. But any, like, any coroner or doctor would have been able to go, these people have been dead for hours. Yeah, but he had huge counts of reckless endangerment, Danny. And, you know, no, they, you're not going to change my mind on this one. I'm going to make you unsure. They were just waiting for their chance to, to, to crucify this guy, you know, and this is their opportunity you know, there was too much media coverage. It looked bad. The police force were like, we got to do something. We can't look like a police force that allows this kind of behavior to continue. 20 people dead. People are talking about it. The media saying a lot about it. Like, you know, we got to make some kind of stance on this. Damn you, Maguire! <laughs> Fine, it is possible. You're right. <laughs> Remember, this is 1996. People were freezing cops all the time in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it was interesting that they, they um, jump straight into it. And in that sense, it's a, a kind of a lived world. Um, but that they they just do the freezing thing and they don't spend time like explaining, oh, this is like some new procedure or something. Like the film came out in 93, but it's set in 96. And they're kind of saying in the years, to, in, a, in the few years to come, this will be a new type of a new thing. They're already, there's already scientific changes. There's already things happening. Well, I think actually, and this might even go back to the issue you had with it earlier, that scene didn't exist in the original script and it wasn't until the director came on board that he went, I want like a setting for these two characters before we see them in the future. So, Oh, so originally it was just like, they'll wake up from the ice and we'll just hear about yeah. their past, but we don't see it. Yeah. I'm glad that they put in the, I think it's a great opening. 
the it's movie, a, opening it's a the movie is brilliant. brilliant. I love uh, and I love that. This isn't this isn't the opening, um, but I love that scene where they're looking at the videos of what John Spartan's done in the past. Yeah, um, and he's uh, just a beast. And they like he blows. It's like how can you justify blowing up a seven million dollar uh, uh, shopping? mall to Closer save this, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, how could you justify blowing up a seven million dollar shopping mall to save this tw- uh, little girl whose ransom was only worth twenty five thousand dollars and she goes fuck you lady i was like <laughs> yes that's brilliant and it just says it's like good job <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really funny that um by the end of the movie i suppose simon phoenix represents chaos and cacti represents uh, he represents extreme chaos and Cacto represents extreme order. order. And it's really, fu- it's it's cool that at the end of the movie, it's like, hey, maybe you guys need to find something in the middle because this shit's not working. Yeah. And then he just goes, I don't know what that is. Come on, Sandra Bullock, let's go make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you know, like the guys in the pub after they've seen the movie sure, and then discuss it's like, so what would be the best version of that? <laughs> you know, like he's, he's done his job as a cop, you know, he's done his job. He brought down the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, at least that's how he sees it. So as a movie cop, though, by the way, not as a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, as a movie cop. Jesus, uh, I grew up with a very strange like when you think version about it, I of mean... American cops in my head. Like I was like, oh, over in Ireland, you know, the the cops don't do anything near like that. But in America, they they mow down terrorists and they jump out of blowing up buildings <laughs> and shit. Uh, so it's not quite like that. <laughs> when you when you think about it, like so many cop movies uh, and action movies are like. Yeah. You know, it's that one lone cop who breaks the rules but sets things right, you know, like and actually that's completely not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's like, so many rules as that's to why actually, you can't do that. That's actually actually not how life works. Um, no, or the criminal can, justice system. <laughs> we can fantasize it, we can fantasize about yeah. it all we want and enjoy the action movies that it produces. Yeah. Uh, but it is that moment of like, hold on a second, there's a reason <laughs> why these rules are in place. Um, I'm always interested as to why uh, Huxley in her office has Lethal Weapon Three as the poster on her. Who knows? Why? Why three? Why? <laughs> it's interesting. I, probably because Lethal Weapon Three hadn't been made by the time this movie came out. What is that? Is that true? Right? I don't know. That's an absolute guess because that would be funny, right? That'd if, be hilarious if they've made like a Lethal Weapon One or Two, and then and they just put out a poster because they were saying like the fu- in the future that would have come out. Yeah. Check that out, man. That's what I would have when done. When did Lethal Weapon was, 3 come out? If I was a... I suppose a it was... I mean, this movie was only 93. Lethal Weapon 3 came out in 92. Ah, uh, so it was just kind of... It's just the year before. Yeah. So it was the newest Lethal Weapon. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe it was the... It's the same film. studio. Is it, uh, I'm pretty sure Warner Brothers did Demolition Man. Oh. So did they do... They actually don't know. Lethal Weapon. It's hard to know. I, don't, I actually don't know. I have a feeling, yeah, it's Warner Brothers. You can see then why, like, Huxley's character is so kind of um, fascinated with John Spartan because he probably reminds her a bit of Mel Gibson's character from Little I th- Weapon. Well, this is it. I think, like, obviously, reckless cop. Yeah, I love, I love that scene with the two of them in the car, and she's like, "I'm, I can't get the, I won't get the quote right." Actually, I'm gonna look the quote up, and then I'm gonna say it again. Is this when they're on their way to Taco Bell? Uh, or Pizza Hut, depending I think on where it's you a, saw the movie. Uh, very true. I think it's on the way. <laughs> it's on the way back from Taco Bell, maybe. 
where oh, she's like, oh, she's you were amazing how, there, um, you were fantastic. Oh, yeah, and he's like, you know, hurting people is not, is not it's good. not a it's good not... thing. And then she's like, oh, I thought you were going to be the kind of, you know, shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. But now I realize they're, you're the I'll only draw if I have to kind of guy. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I like that. Really. It's a good way of putting what his character actually is. Yeah. And then he's like, everyone had none of those things. Him. Yeah, everyone painted him as a savage, or or like when he re- when he starts beating up the kind of scavengers, and then realizes that they're only there for food, and yeah. he feels so guilty about it. Yeah, and he's just like, "Oh, just go." I I love that. It's uh, really good. You're going to regret the rest of your life. All two seconds of it. <laughs> that one, that one shows up a lot in YouTube compilations of like it's, it's movie so... one-liners, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, there's I uh... <laughs> shows up a lot. There's another uh, oh where he's like a. Uh... Again, where they're like in, in the museum and he shocks him and he's like, you, you ain't going to shock me. And then he's like, you didn't say Simon says. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that was a good one. It's, ah, it's just it's full of one liners. Brilliant, brilliant one liners. Oh, going back to problems with the movie. Uh, this is just popped my head. Yeah. Why would you have a voice activated restraint system in a prison? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> That, that's silly no, like, why would you me? ever be like teddy bear oh you just unlocked a dangerous criminal yeah i don't know that's stupid as shit uh <laughs> you know what i love though i really love it's another one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the scene where stallone's character learns that arnold schwarzenegger was, pre- <laughs> was president of the united states because there was such a like um uh, professional rivalry between the two yeah and the fact that they brought that up, and I at that point had had Schwarzenegger even become governor yet? No, or was no, it just that oh God, no! He just expressed interest in politics. I right? don't even think he had. No, no, no. I think that was a pure Most joke. Of, there were so many jokes about it, but anyway, I just think it was so funny that they put that in there. I wonder if that was Stallone's idea to put that in as a little. I want to have a dig at Schwarzenegger to say, "Oh God, I can't believe they let him be president," or I, something like. I mean, it, it just hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, like, really funny. So he didn't become governor of California until 2003. Holy shit, that's all that 10 years 10 later. years after. I honestly, honestly... But he must I, have expressed interest. No, like, honestly, I think it is. it was straight up just like, a, wouldn't it be funny if, you know... Holy shit, what if I, this movie gave Schwarzenegger the idea of going can into Can you politics. imagine? Well, what if was, he was like, was also hey, Stallone, funny. that's a good yeah. idea. I'm going to like... Obviously, Schwarzenegger <laughs> went into politics, became governor. It was, uh, from what I can gather, a very well-loved and well-respected governor. Um, and he was talking about running for president, but obviously you're not allowed to do that unless you were born in the USA. Uh, but then there was also rumors mm-hmm. that people were going to kind of get together and try to overturn that. Not particularly for Schwarzenegger but for just in general just in general so the people who had been be, been citizens of the US for many years could mm. run uh, for president in other states of office or whatever um just change up the which is the basically candidates. what they say happened in the movie yeah Only yeah they, they were yeah. successful they said to reform the, the the laws right and then that led him to become president of the United States it's really funny i was elected to lead not to lead. <laughs> not to, not to lead <laughs> I've said but that just, before on this podcast, but it's, so yeah, it's going to come up again. I just, I, I just thought it was really funny that they actually put that in the movie uh, because they have talked plenty of times about their kind of professional rivalry, rivalry at that time in movies. And actually, really like, 
completely different as Stallone and Schwarzenegger got into the business in completely different ways, actually. Like Stallone's a ripped buff dude, but he wanted to be an actor. You know, like yeah. his passion was actually, I want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he st- I can't remember that if he starred in a couple of films. He, he, he was critically revered for one of the films he'd started. I think he only played a small part. Um, and then of course he went and he wrote Rocky. That's right. And people uh, tried to get him to sell that script. Yeah, yeah. And, and but if, when he was writing Rocky, he was like living in really bad accommodation. He was very poor. He was living kind of day to day, just barely scraping by. Yeah. And then he wrote Rocky and he became this huge rock star. He like there's people talk about like movie stars mm-hmm. uh, and and celebrities, but like Sylvester Sloan is a movie star, you know. Yeah. Like, when he walks on screen, you're like, "This man is brilliant," you know. Like, yeah, like there, there is a quality to a leading man or leading woman, and uh, Stallone certainly had that. That's why yeah. he was in so many movies. Um, and he can, and, he can actually but, act. But the I other think. thing is, not only that, he actually, and I think a lot of people do write him off as kind of this, um, just buff action guy, right? Yeah. But the guy actually understands character. Because yeah. have you ever heard him talk about Rambo First Blood? That, there was I an haven't. original version of that movie yeah. where he had like there's a whole extra hour of that movie where really? he has just a fuckload of dialogue, right? And he right. was watching back the movie with the director and he was like, this movie is unwatchable. It's not good. And they're like, well, what, like, what are we going to do? Like, We have to release it. We'll come to that. He's like, I tell you what, cut out all of my dialogue. And I was like, but you're the main character. He's like, cut it all out because my character has PTSD and I don't want to talk to anybody. Wow. Cut out all of my dialogue. Wow. And, and that, and, and he was like, look, and they even like went through the scenes like, look, look at that silent look I gave there. That's, that's the character. That's Rambo. Traumatized. Wow. And so, you know, Stallone knows his characters. Like, it's you know? funny that you hear that now and yeah. then you look at like the latest Rambo movie, which is just a pile of nonsense. <laughs> right, right. No, I know, I know. And look uh, at, or look the at... Expendables. But I suppose when you get to a certain part He's come career, to an age as well. You lean into it, don't you? Like I am, I imagine those latest Rambo movies, those latest, the Expendable movies, they must have been so much fun to work on. Like, oh yeah. And, and made for a very different reason. At that point, he's no longer. <laughs> at, no, but really, like at that point, he's no longer character acting. It's more like um doing like an internet meme, like the yeah. Expendables movie is pretty much an internet meme. Uh, I mean, it, it is. A and I'm not. Show. I'm not even bashing that movie. We all went to see that together in the cinema. Yeah. We had a great time watching it. It was a bunch of fun. But that is what the movie is designed to be. It's like, what if we just got all the old timey action heroes, got them together for like a big rumble, and just had crack with it? It's not serious. We're going to even make in jokes at each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not about making brand new, very serious characters. That's not the thing. You know? How Did Demolition about... Man ever get a sequel? No, but they were talking about it. Um, they were talking about a Demolition Man 2 uh, where actually the script had been written. I think um, Spartan and Huxley were going to be married. Oh, and, spice like, it up. And they had, they had <laughs> spoken to Jackie Chan about being the baddie. It's like, he, will, you, will I, you please do it? And I think he had agreed to do it. Um, oh. but, but then it got it got it got axed at some point. I'm not sure why. I'm I don't, I don't know what what would the story have been? I suppose 
Yeah, um, well, to a, a, a nice world where everybody's getting along. There's still a little bit of crime, but it's not too crazy because. Yeah, I suppose you have to address the changing then, the changing world. Don't and you? then maybe Jackie Chan gets out again. You know, like maybe Jackie Chan was a another Old school criminal. Criminal, he gets yeah. out and he starts. Uh, it it would be cool if he was like an underworld boss. I think that would be cool. And then he kind of takes over the. Hmm. I'm making this completely up now. You are. Uh, no, you're doing well though. I, I'd watch it. You know, he takes he maybe takes over old, the. But... The cryogenic lab and he melts it down and he releases them all and he releases all of his old gang and then he's like starts taking over los angeles again or whatever yeah that'd be pretty cool or san angeles is that what it's called san, san angeles yeah yeah he's like because yeah, they that, like that, that merge the sense. yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't even know how to use the seashells uh... <laughs> how, how do you think he used the three seashells i have no idea i think do you maybe do you like poop in one okay and then, like, let that go. Do you clean the excess with the other one? Right. And I, like, I don't know. Like, what the fuck would you use three for? I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, and then, do, does everyone use the same three shells, or oh, do you flush the shells? No, you definitely don't. You don't. You flush can't the use this. They're too big. Yeah, but we didn't see the shells. You do. You do. Do we? Do you see yeah, the shells when he when he goes? After there's that really strange sex scene with him and Huxley, you oh, know, yeah, they put yeah. on like that weird VR headset. Which yeah, yeah. actually, just to throw it out there, watching this, it was like they guessed a couple of things right. VR porn, check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's basically at one it's point, Cocteau has a Zoom meeting with a bunch of people. Check, yes. check. Uh, We're there. We're doing that. The the warden of the of the prison has an iPad in his hand, basically. Check. Yeah. You know, check. like they actually to be for all of its madness and inaccuracies. It kind of didn't do a bad job at guessing some of the technology. Yeah, and I did think it was really funny. The cop who has the tablet that's explaining to him step by step what he should ah, do in that scenario, so almost Google. like someone in a call center and uh, following the instructions. Of, hmm. And I was like, you know, that's not unlikely to happen. Maybe not. I love that line where it's like, "We're police officers. We're not. We're not trained to deal with this kind of violence." Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That, like that's well, hilarious. It's like anyway, oh, what are you trained for? <laughs> you see the three seashells, the three tea towels, the three yeah. seashells. How much seashells? Uh, how many seashells by the seashore? Um, when after that sex scene, or oh, and he goes scene, in for the he goes he, into the bathroom, he, right? He goes into his own apartment and he looks in the bathroom and there's three seashells and he's like he doesn't know to use the three seashells and they're big they're big they're not small i'm just trying to think about i'm trying to think about the fact that they're so into like cleansing like cleanliness how can they use the same three shells well you wash them i suppose yeah but come on what you you wash something that's clean i know but yeah i suppose we all sit on the same toilet seats right if you're in a public well, so a public place. Supposedly, Stallone has said, "Yeah, with the way you use the three sh- seashells." This is hilarious. I didn't even know there was ever an actual reason for this. I I think so many people have like this has become right. such a huge thing. Is you hold two really of them, it. yeah, like almost like you would hold two chopsticks, so you can yeah. like, or castanets, yeah, and you use that to like poop into, or like almost like a cup. Almost like a cup, or like if one gets stuck, you can kind of like grab it, right? Uh, and then the final one is just used to scrape away any excess. God, I hope that never comes in. Shouldn't <laughs> me? That sounds awful. Hey, I could not. Which again, try that. maybe that happened because there was a massive <laughs> pandemic, and 
everybody ran out of toilet paper. So they had right, to, and they the had to use shelf. you know the seashells that everyone fucking has in their house. <laughs> well, this actually it's funny you say that because apparently the guy who was screenwriting this was yeah. really for some reason wanted to do something about like the process of going to the toilet had changed. Um, so he was like, how can I, because it's such a simple thing that we do every day and everybody does it. He was like, I want to change that. Um, and he was like, but what's the weird thing? Like, what is the weird thing? And he just couldn't think of anything. And then he rang his friend who was on the toilet when he picked up. And he was like, I'm coming up with this thing. Any ideas? And he looked around the bathroom and went, well, I have a, I have a lot of seashells in my bathroom. And apparently the screenwriter went, yeah, I'll do something with that. And hung up the phone. <laughs> it's like bathroom potpourri. Bath- it, what it, like how many bathrooms are seaside like themed like the theme yes you know you know what you have you have a point you have a point uh <laughs> moving on i know that yeah. uh moving on now that we've swallowed that rat burger uh let's talk about good one creation of the movie yes um i really there's a there's a tune in this yeah that comes up it's like i think it must be like simon phoenix's tune um you know when he first when when he was first approached by the cops and he oh that's actually sorry that's another you know what he like goes up to that booth and it's like you are a strong confident person you are really and then he throws that guy out of the way i just yeah yeah every time i see that it's really good it's like and he's like how are you today you look great um and he starts hacking and he's like, I've been possessed. Um, and he's, you know, he's so good in this. Yeah, um, he's fucking brilliant. He is fucking brilliant in it. Uh, and so he's talking about being possessed. And there's kind of a hip hop vibe to that. That's music it. You're and talking it, about like, another one. And when they start fighting, it's like, bow, bow, and it's down. And it's kind of remixy. It sounds like it, it, it always reminds me a little bit of like a run DMC track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something, something to that effect. Uh, very much like "Walk This Way" or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like just some cool. Apparently, there is a theme song for Demolition Man. Yeah, written by it was a Sting. I believe so, and um, it's actually a much older song. Uh, I think it has a similar relationship to this movie that, say, Black Sabbath's Iron Man has to the Iron Man right. movie. Yeah, Demolition Man. People hear it and they're like, "Oh, was this written for this?" And it's like, "Well, no, because it's much older." And it just so happens that they had the same name and they were like, oh, we should use that song. Um, okay. So I think I think that's how this came about. The original De- Demolition Man was sang by Grace Jones, but written by Sting. Really? Yeah. But this wow. time around, they re-recorded it and remixed it and the Sting actually sang it. Uh, in a have, you heard, have you heard the original? Version. I actually haven't, but I, I, just Ooh, when I was checking it out, um, that's really that I, I, I read that up. Because so, Grace Jones is great. She's so good. Um. But yeah, like there, there's a couple of bits where like the music kind of really stands out and it has this cool kind of street vibe to it. Um, but overall, I there's not like a memorable main theme tune to the movie, no. if you know no. what I mean. I, and I feel like it could have done with one because even Rambo had a theme tune. It's not you know what I mean? This movie, it's perfect. I'm not trying to. I'm just. I'm being honest. I. No, I it's wrong. a good. I have it's a fun movie, but I do I, from the orchestration point of view. Bow. I think it's missing it. <laughs> you know what the music is very like? Bow. The princey parts of Tim Burton's Batman. Whenever Prince's music mm. comes on, very like that. I told you, Sylvester Stallone would have made a great Batman. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> I didn't say That's that. exactly. They're the words that came out of your mouth. Did everyone else hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else hear that? I should say. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. All in all, 
it's pretty. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It, it it does what it does for the movie. It's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't be trolling it on my Spotify. I'll put it that way. No, I, you know what? I might though, because I'd be interested to see what actually bow, comes up. Bow, bow. <laughs> yeah, check out, check out Grace Jones' <laughs> version. <laughs> <first. laughs> yeah, that. yeah, I will check <laughs> out Grace Jones' version. Yeah, um, and then I suppose we move on to the tech of the movie, which is the kind of final installment in our plot method. Yep. Um, I all the effects are really good in this. They're all practical. Um, there's a little bit of. I suppose it wasn't even CGI then. It was probably rotoscoping um, mm. when they used the stun buttons. Yeah. The electricity. But it's all pretty solid. Yeah, it's all pretty good. Um, everything looks authentic and futuristic in the world. And I think I was really impressed, uh, particularly in my rewatch, the scene where Stallone gets frozen. Yeah, really good. I think it's done really well when the liquid goes in, and then when you see it turn to ice, yeah, it's yeah. obviously an effect, and it looks it looks really um, believable. He, he said that was one of the worst filming days of his life. He said, "Oh well, believe like, it. It doesn't look pleasant." He was like, "I spent five hours naked in a vat of sludge." Yeah, he was like, and I was terrified. It was just he was like, it was cold, and I was terrified. Um, and you would be though, like, it's, yeah, absolutely, it's not a nice experience. But uh, no, but it's a but it's a really effective sequence. I thought it, it yeah. looked believable that he was getting frozen and turned into ice he looked like he was terrified get about to get turned into ice um yeah and they, you're so right to do that really well and i really like the fact that they had a young actor they, they did the whole we're going to have young actors and then we're going to introduce their older versions so you have that with the warden of yeah. the prison he's just a young doctor i think at the time you also have that with um what's his name zach yeah, yeah, it's like the one cop who actually remembers John Spartan. John he was the Spartan. pilot. He was the pilot at the beginning of the movie, wasn't he? In, in the headache, in the chopper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and he's he's old, um, timely, and kind of he's really cool. I yeah. like him. I, I I also love when they're like, uh, "Can you show us who was up for parole today?" And they go through several names, and then it's like Phoenix Simon, and he goes, "It was Phoenix." Yeah, yeah. He knows, like, oh, it's like I like, know oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, the explosions in the movie, um, in the beginning and stuff, and the fire effects look really, really Brilliant. good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like I think, for, for certainly for its time, there's nothing that it's doing that looks bad. Um, I will say this isn't a tech thing, but it's an editing thing, which I suppose okay. it could count. Yeah, in the tech department, there's a really fucking weird jump cut, and I can't remember if that's like just because of this version on Netflix and it cut a scene out, or if it was always there because I just can't remember right. the movie when I was younger. And it's it's when uh, John Spartan has a gun to Cocteau's head. Right? And he's yeah. talking away to him. And they have him caught. And then it just cuts to him and Huxley about to go to the sewers. It's, it's fucking bizarre. I was like, wait, what? So have they arrested Cocteau or what? And, and Cocteau goes back to his house and he gets to talk to Simon Phoenix. It's really weird. So, what I remember happens is he's got. Well, I also quite like that actually, where he, you know, he goes in, he there. notices him on the Zoom camera, yeah. but then he actually knows that he's. And in then the he office. knows he's there, and he goes and he, he points his gun in. at his head, and then you've got the cut where he's like actually pointing the gun at them, and Spartan is like, "You're going down, you're doing this, blah blah blah, I've got you," yeah. and then he basically turns around and says, "I'm going to put you back into cryo freeze, and there's nothing you can do about it," and then he goes to shoot him, and then. Uh, Huxley goes Spartan stand down and he puts the gun down and then they both walk out of the room you see I don't and, I, and then I don't it know cuts. what happened but for me he puts the gun down and then they were just walking to the sewers 
Maybe they do. I I, I swear they walk out of the room. I, when maybe, they leave the room. maybe the version I was watching skipped a scene or something, but I was like, that was bizarre. Okay, and maybe maybe I'm and they go on as if that scene just didn't happen. Yeah, I'm it like, is. A that bit was weird. a big revelation scene. What the fuck just happened there? It's right. a weird. It's weird. Yeah. I suppose he's just realized that, oh, I can't actually do anything about this. Yeah, I can't do things the way I want to do it. Yeah, I so. get what they're what what the what it's supposed to be doing, but I just it was a really jarring moment for me in the movie. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, it doesn't fucking ruin the whole I, movie or anything. I like really, just, yeah, I also I really like the costume design in this movie. I think that's like, worth checking. The costumes look amazing. Yeah, um, even the police uniforms. You the police uniforms. Other police uniforms, but they are the police uniforms are beautiful. Actually. Yeah, they look, they look really good. Yeah, yeah, they're really, really, really lovely. They're, they're kind of casual slash fancy wear isn't is mm. you know is is very just inspired by Asian heritage, um, and culture. Uh, it's so interesting that there were so many movies around the eighties and nineties that believed that in the future we'd be really everything would just be really Asian inspired. Like that's fascinating yeah, to me. That is interesting, isn't it? I think probably because it was being made for Western audiences, yeah. and. Eastern culture probably seemed quite exotic, um, yeah, so it was you. like yeah. that. That is different to Wouldn't us. That, that would be so different so to that, what we have right now. Yeah, that is the most different to what we have right now that people could also identify with and go, "Oh, that looks like this." Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah, a bunch of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right; there are lots of them, aren't there? There's kind of always the quite a few. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm not against it. I always think it looks cool. There's something strange about. And interesting about seeing um, uh, kind of traditional Asian clothing with a very futuristic background around yeah. it. It's this weird amalgamation of culture and, I, and science. And it, like it looks cool. Yeah, and it almost always feels quite natural, doesn't it? Like it always feels. It like, does. It's really it's, weird. Like even, uh, and you can see those influences in all sorts of things. But even like Star Wars, which is not set in the future, but it has a futuristic setting to it. Yeah. And you can see in a lot of the, especially in the prequels, you can see a lot of Asian influence. Oh, I, I hugely, hugely. Yeah. Uh, even in even in the originals. Like, oh, even in the originals, even like Vader's design like is Vader's apparently complete. based very yeah. much on a samurai. Yeah. Um, which is badass. So badass. So badass. Someday we will talk about Star Wars when we're ready. Oh, a hundred percent. Um. Cool. The question, Annie... the question is actually just before I finish. Yeah. The question is, and and maybe we can't answer this yet. Maybe this is something that's going to come in the future. But when it comes to Star Wars, is it going to be movie by movie or trilogy by trilogy? <laughs> you know. <laughs> movie by movie is nine bloody movies. That's yeah, nine. I, I was wondering, is it movie by movie up to a point, and then trilogy by trilogy? <laughs> but then, uh, for me, that's like six movies and then a trilogy. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> And I think we both know which. Uh, <laughs> uh, I suppose I don't know. We'll get there. Whoever's listening right now, how would you like to hear it? Would you like to hear us do every, all the Star Wars movies individually? Yeah. Uh, or trilogy by trilogy by trilogy. Yeah. Or maybe just one epic long. Let us know, uh, and yeah. just know that if we disagree with you, we won't do what you say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. We'd love we'd love to hear what people think. What is your favorite thing about Demolition Man? Uh, I think my absolute favorite thing about Demolition Man is probably the concept of the kind of dystopian or utopian future and seeing what seems like a perfect world on the surface and kind of how, like there's something slightly disturbing about how 
jolly everyone is. And maybe that says more about me than it does about <laughs> the world. But it's, there's something you like I, I felt like I could relate to Spartan when he was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah. Even though they're like, but we're being peaceful and clean and friendly and yeah. like we're not doing anything wrong. And you're just like, there's something so inhuman about yeah. this experience. Um, so I, I found that to be because that's a future I would dread. And I think it's just a really interesting and lots of other movies do it as well. But I think it's a really interesting thing to explore. Very, yeah. I for me, I oh, think sorry. and Wesley Snipes and Wesley Snipes. Is that basically <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, brilliant. for me? I think it's just like an all round enjoyable film. It's like it's got a really fun concept. It's been done, I think, really well. I love the cheesy script and it feels at home in itself. It's not like forced cheesy. It's mm. not like it, it feels like the people who made this had fun. Um, yeah, yeah. And I just it's full of like plot holes and problems and all sorts. But it's 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 really nostalgic for me. I think every time I watch it, I enjoy myself and I have a good time. Uh, and I think that that feeling of like I can just sit back and enjoy this nonsense is, yeah. is what I enjoy the mo- most about uh, Demolition Man. Brings you back to childhood. Brings you back to childhood. Back to a time when I was savages and Neanderthals. <laughs> they were my heroes. <laughs> they were my heroes. Isn't it crazy to think <laughs> in, in this movie, mm. uh, the last murder, murder death kill? Uh, which I, love I love that terminology, by the way. Murder, death, that. kill. Murder, yeah. death, kill uh, was in 2010. In the in the movie when uh, oh sorry right yeah when, yeah, when the it's like movie. it's like code one seven eight code one seven eight and they're like oh what's this and they look it up and it's murder death kill, um, it goes the last time a murder death kill took place was twenty ten, and it's like wow, we're eleven years past when they thought murder would have stopped, right yeah yeah or when they might have predicted yeah. it could have stopped in this kind of future yeah, yeah. And then I, you have to wonder as well, is that just in the states where they are? Or like obviously this hasn't happened That's true. everywhere. Yeah, this yeah. Is not, they're not very much of just the world. It's um and they keep trying to merge. He's treat, the guy is trying to collect states essentially, isn't he? And keep merging and spread this way of life, but okay. it's not everywhere. Okay. So that's another, I think, interesting point of view. Um if if you heard in the morning, what would you rather hear? They're the rebooting morning. Demolition Man. Okay. Or they're making a sequel to Demolition Man. Or they've decided just to leave Demolition Man alone. Well, that wouldn't be an announcement, would it? <laughs> <laughs> if, I ha- if I had to hear an announcement... Everybody pay attention to me. <laughs> we are not doing anything with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> to tell the oh, truth... I can go back to sleep now. To tell the truth, I, 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 I don't want them to do anything with this movie. Yeah. I think it's perfectly fine as it is. I enjoy it. And, and not everything needs to be a franchise. And and sometimes it feels like there are too many franchises and they're not even... Be, like, the great thing about this movie is it's not like while it has influences, it's not based on anything. It's not a comic book. It's not a book. It's not yeah. a remake. It's original. It's, sequels. it's an original idea. Let's not forget that. This is an original yeah. idea. And it's a fun movie. And it's great that that's exactly what it is. If they had to announce something about it tomorrow, yeah. I would rather it was a reboot than a sequel. I'd murder a sequel. 
Yeah, I know you would. I I'd love you, a sequel. I'd love you, you would murder death kill a sequel. I would murder death kill a sequel. I'd love an old John Spartan, like you see, I feel like we nah. are like is Sylvester Stallone just gonna play old versions of every yeah, character he's yeah, played? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, so, I'm okay for that not to happen. So, but think about it, right? Think about uh, this, okay. right? Okay. You is have... Sandra Bullock in this as well. Yeah, Sandra Bullock can be in this. Yeah, yeah okay, why not? Okay. So it's like a, it's like Sandra Bullock and and Sylvester Sloan as they yeah. are now. And Jackie Chan. No, not Jackie Chan. <laughs> um, but basically something similar happens, but it was a criminal that John Spartan put away when he was like 20, 25. He's like a rookie. 30, when he was young, right? Mm. So this criminal gets out of cryo-freeze, but he's younger, he's faster, he because yeah, he's still got him. his youth. Yeah. Um where John Spartan has lost his youth and he's just has to rely purely on like years of of, of experience. I think it'll make a great, you know, and you could have you could go back to like a young John Spartan catching catching this guy in the first place. Yeah, they're gonna de-age him. No, I'm joking. But they They uh, would though, they would de-age him. Yeah, of course they fucking would. I don't know why they keep doing that. I think if they were to do a sequel, that's a really good idea. I'm gonna ultimately I I I don't I don't want one. I really don't. I don't I I, I think this is a great movie, uh, but it's I'd like Stallone, you don't have to play all of your characters older. (laughs) Because they they come off a lot of them kind of. He's not gonna play him younger, is he? Well, no, but maybe (laughs) just play new characters. Yeah, probably. You know, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> On that note, I think we should uh, leave our podcast there. Uh, yeah, a big I'm thank being a bummer. You. You're being a super bummer. Uh, <laughs> Demolition Man 2. The bummer. <laughs> I've no idea what you'd call it. Uh, um, Demolition 2. No, Demolition Man 2. Demolished. Demolished. It would be demolished. That's rubbish, though, isn't it? No, it wouldn't be demolished today. It would have been if it come out in the nineties. What do you shout when you blow up a building? Kaboom! <laughs> no, what do you shout? Uh, I actually don't know. I've never done it. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <sighs> Let us know, guys. What do people shout <laughs> when they? Um, and we don't mean blow it up like when they're not supposed to. We mean with like this the dynamite, and it's actually it's supposed to be uh, demolished. Uh, what what's the What's the correct terminology to say to let everyone know that you are blowing up? But it's not clear, is it? Clear. All clear. That's, the, that's a surgery thing. That's a, if you're doing the defibrillator, right? You could take a book out of Ice Age and call it Demolition Man 2 The Meltdown. Oh, because all of the icy prisoners escape. Yeah. I'm with you. Boom. Green light this, guys. Green light. I'm, I'm writing this. I'm <laughs> writing some fan fiction. Uh, Demolition Man fan fiction. In a future where he knows how to work the three seashells. Demolition fan. Demolition fan. Very good. Uh, okay. So on that note, I would like to thank you very much to Julio uh, for suggesting Demolition Man. We had a lovely time rewatching it and talking about it. And we hope you enjoyed listening about it. I'd like to thank Chris for all the tunes uh, during the podcast. I'd like to thank Clara Booth for the lovely artwork. And I would like to thank you, the listener, for listening as always. Uh, join us next week or next time. Um, where we'll be talking about another amazing film, I'm sure. And until then, he's been Chris. He's been Danny. And we've been The Plotheads.
Yeah. Man, I'm sweating. I'm fucking, I'm so sweaty right now. It's so hot. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> we did Anchorman next. We should do Anchorman, shouldn't we? Oh, we can do Anchorman. How do you do Anchorman? How do you do Anchorman? Just quoting, <laughs> just quoting Anchorman nonstop. I mean, it, it would be interesting to see how we get on doing a comedy yeah, we movie because we haven't done a comedy at all. But maybe we're not ready for Anchorman. I don't know. I actually feel like, can I be honest? If we yeah. were to do Anchorman, I don't know how he'd be up for it. Maybe we should ask him. But th- that's why I Kavanaugh? say, I think it'd be great to have Cav on. Yeah. Anchorman. I really do. Yeah, it would you be feel great. right. In a similar way that if we were ever to do Bad Boys, we should get Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about things like that, where it's like if there's a certain movie. It'd be like, nice to. It'd be actually. It'd be nice to do something like that now. Now that we've done ten of these, we've done ten of these. I know. This is yeah. number eleven. This is number eleven. Um. It would be nice to do like a guest, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would actually. <sighs> okay, Cavon. We should always choose the movie and then choose the guest, as opposed to choose yeah, the yeah, guest yeah, and yeah. then choose the movie. Oh well, I suppose like we could choose like if we went, we want Lee on it. We just do bad boys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd say you want to give him a fair bit of heads up, though. Or at least ask him, hey, would you ever be up for it? And I'd slowly kind of get him around to, to doing it. like, And maybe say some of the things he might need, like if he, if he could borrow a headset or something there. I, yeah. I'd like to do like a... But yeah, I'd love to do... It would, it, would, it would feel right to me that Lee comes on at some point. Yeah. Yeah, he really should. He should probably be our first guest, too, actually. Okay. Let's let's like start talking to him about it. Yeah. But not make it next week's episode. Because that's only kind of you here's, know what I mean. Here's the deal. Yeah. Let's ask him if yeah. he's listened to any of the po- podcasts. Okay. If he hasn't, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> but maybe he hasn't listened because he's like, they never asked me. 